Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC. Indie Left, Indie Left, News and Politics and all the rest. So much to do on the YouTube, so they curate a list for you. You'll want to watch your favorite creator or have a chat on Discord later. But you better get hip to Indie Left. Indie Left. Indie News. Wait a minute. For these <clears throat> streams to come up. Why is it not? What's it doing? Is that you or me? It must be you. Why what? am I getting alerts? I put it in streamer mode. Yeah, I also put it in streamer mode. Do you have us muted? Do I have you muted? No. <clears throat> no, I mean like we yeah. might we might like you could start the stream muted, you know, and then unmute us. No, we're they can hear our audio right now. So let's say hi, everybody. Really? Hi, everybody. We're, no, wait, we're live. What? Hi. Hey, what's going hi on? Hi there, kids at home. Hi, everybody. This is Indy <clears throat> and Reef, as you can see. Yep. And this is How Did We Miss That? Yep. And I should probably pull up chats on my computer. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Um, for those who have never seen the show before, How Did We Miss That is a show going through a few stories we haven't seen covered anywhere else or in only a few places in leftist media, co-hosted with Reef Breland from KRTD Media and Door Discord. All of the stories were featured on our substack, leftist.today, and at the top of independentleft.news throughout the last week. What's up, Reef? <clears throat> Not much, man. How it's been, been a long time since I talked to you. What's up, Jeff Luigi? Yeah, terribly. Jeff Luigi. Jeff Luigi. My name is my name is Hafe. Um, that is the reference I think he is making there. Yes, it is. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, we saw a ton of different new stories. Uh, a lot of news developments happening with workers, with corporations, of course, with the <clears throat> congressional vote, with so many different news things out there um what did you see out there um i saw i saw some things around uh i have a few i I have like one story before we get to boats crashing in other boats later um that that should be should be pretty exciting Uh. um this is this I is mean, the... I, saw, I saw jink uger getting into it oh he sure was you know. um jo- jo- yeah. joe rogan was not that that's not oh, a good God. idea that's that's, that's not a good so idea not a good idea bro. that's just not a good idea that's like you need don't do that you're it do you think do you think his insurance went up after he made that statement don't do that like i think mine would if i did they would be like <laughs> nope you gotta pay more for that Luigi worried about you. <laughs> is Luigi modded? I think Luigi's modded. See, I can't see with the restream chat who's modded. Um Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to flip to share the screen now so we can get started and show everybody what the current leftist dot today <clears throat> looks like and 
it's featuring our latest and again that has at least five articles and five videos once in a while it's only four but usually it's at least five articles five videos why is that not showing oh because everything is slow okay you've got yeah. our stream <clears throat> that go. should be embedded here and live you should be watching it if you're if you're there oh no oh, oh yep. youtube studio messed with us okay i have to fix that in youtube studio uh, we've got five different embedded videos that you can watch you can watch as well as tweets and articles that accompany those tweets. So I found the tweet that has a link to the article or you can just click on a link to the article itself. And this is just tonight's. I do two of these two of these a day, most days, occasionally I'll do one one a day, but for the most part you'll see two of them. That's my dashboard so you can see it. What I see since we went live tonight, and I just published that like an hour ago, which is really cool. Right. So, <clears throat> independentleft.news, of course, wanted to share that with everybody, show everybody the site. Why isn't this? These aren't all blown up. Okay. Got to fix that. Pardon that, and we'll fix that. <clears throat> and computer scope. Uh, we also, a... we also. This week got to hang out with Robbie Yeager for an hour and a half. Yeah, we sure That's did. Up on your channel, I think it is. It is. It is up recorded got to do on some the Jaeger channel. Jaeger bombs with Jaeger. Did did our first interview. Do, do I have to do a Jaeger bomb today? If uh, you, there, do you have a Robbie story. We don't have a Robbie story in tonight. Um, I'm expecting Darn. that we're going to have one next week though. Um, but yep. but we've got you know so that's tonight's edition. Again, you've got the Ron video that's embedded. Because we sponsor and support Ron. Ron's awesome. The links to support us on Kofi yep. and Patreon. Some articles. And then you've got did your get, videos. Started. Did Ron get his YouTube back? Or? He got his YouTube back. He got his GoFundMe back. Everything is good. back now. It's restored. Thank goodness. And uh, good. and, and we're all good. <clears throat> Again, there. this goes all the way down. There's actually even 30 more stories below what's loading. Because there's so many stories we don't want to clog up your your browser and clog up your your bandwidth but there's another patreon link as well as a discord uh widget so that you can see who's live on discord <clears> right <throat> now and you can actually join our discord right there from independent hey, there's, news there's some names in that server look at that yeah there's a few names that you know that we know pretty well um, the franco glory jones good peeps kamali good rose peeps. yep 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 and then, of course, yeah. when we when we made our appearance on the Vanguard, I clipped that, and we were able to embed that into page. And then you've got more stories underneath, and even more stories. It's just it's a nice. fire hose of content. Just to just to show everybody just how much there is here for oh. everybody to to take and, in. And it updates twice a day automatically. His Discord is the same. Discord's even more than that. We can pulls we can, all the all the relevant information from from each of these, you know. Like every every article follow, like yeah that's every article every tweet every video every everything it's it's amazing um my favorite my favorite is the tweets for the block section those are always fun so oh, yeah and then there's the tweets for the block of course you yeah, we've got all that hooked up in the discord um but i have more stories tonight than i've ever had set up before uh you Good. You can't see my tabs, but you can see that there are a lot of them. So 
I want to jump into it because we're already seven minutes in. Um, crazy stories that I found during this week that I, that were included in the top of Independent Left News that were not or or leftists today that that I really didn't see anybody talk about. <clears throat> so, for example, the Zog Fire dreams, <clears throat> and this is Brett Wilkins from Common PG. Dreams. Okay. Yeah. And PG and E. This was the Zog Fire. That that took a, and we'll find out exactly how much it consumed. But they were hit with 31 charges, including 11 felonies, and they may settle in, at the end of this. Uh, 11 felonies by a county prosecutor, who cited the formerly bankrupt utility giant's repeated pattern of causing such con conflagrations. Right, crazy. Four people were killed in the fire, aged eight to 79. Investigation said that it was caused by a pine tree falling on PG&E power lines during strong winds, and it bore the responsibility for removing the tree, and that its own contractors had marked it for clearance, which is all that Even death and worse. destruction that was preventable. Just, just horrible. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so there, there's a small video here. I'm not going to play that. These catastrophic fire, wildfires of PG&E caused not only resulted in numerous deaths, eight in San Bruno, 84 in Paradise, four in Shasta County. They caused countless respiratory health, yeah, health issues with the, the smoke. That's why we also filed numerous counts related to the unhealthy smoke emotion. <clears throat> so you may wonder why criminal charges. In chat. Oh, Craig's welcome. He's talking about my Discord. Y'all should go check that out. You Google, See that, man? If you Google at door Discord, you should find us. <clears throat> PG&E was charged with manslaughter to prosecute oh, its equipment. That was AJ Plus. Yep. So there's an AJ Plus video embedded. Tom and Dreams is just a, just incredible. They've got a, a dream team of writers. I'd say their top five or six writers are among the top six out there that are writing it all. I mean, out of, out of the top 100, maybe even the top 50. Right. And that is saying something about every publication out there and so many people that, that we cover. And again, you'll see that there's there's 10 different outlets that we cover just tonight. Um, right. So responding, of course, PG&E CEO... They accepted the determination. They did not commit a crime. You know, and to change uh, and change does not commit does not come by doing nothing, right? So we need justice. Thank goodness. You know, at least, and and chances are they're not, they'll, they'll end up settling, but starting by hitting them at at man, what it is, eleven felony counts. I mean, they have to be. They have to be responsible. So, I'm going to now, really briefly, for our friend who's, for our friend the editor, we're gonna have a brief interlude. Hold on a sec. Mute. How do I mute? How do I mute? I don't even know how to mute on this thing. Uh, in in OBS, <laughs> uh, if you look at the I'm two sorry. audio sources you have. There's the uh, little speaker at the bottom, little speaker symbol in the audio mixer part of OBS. You can hit both those. 
Yep, I just found it and figured it out and coughed without hearing without you having to hear it. Thank you. Okay. Cool. So for our friend. You could have also muted your individual mic, but yes. Let's go back here. Walmart, our friends, oh, the Waltons. World. Check this out. Judd Lagoon, popular information. Uh, oh, it didn't blow up. Hillary Clinton was on their board. Yes, he was. September 30th, evening edition. Actually, it was the morning edition because Judd publishes early. And I, I love his work and so grateful that he publishes early because the early edition always has a fresh story that's going to break for the day. And he's always on it. And he's always got reporting that few, if anybody, has at all. So... We'll go through this really quickly, but in a new post on LinkedIn, Walmart's chief sustainability officer, Kathleen McLaughlin, underscored the company's commitment to addressing climate change. But she noted correctly that even the most ambitious voluntary and individual collective actions are not sufficient and bold domestic climate policy action is needed now if we are to meet the, the demands of this generational moment. Can't agree more, right? That sounds good. So yeah. she went on to say... That effective climate policies are included in the reconciliation package before Congress, pending before Congress. <clears throat> and I'm not going to use a, a corporate statement, right? But that the centerpiece of the climate policy in the reconciliation bill is the clean energy standard, and that that would allocate 150 billion to incentivize utilities. Now, again, this is part of the reconciliation bill. Now, I don't believe that this is passing and this is part of what's happening in congress right now but this is part of what's included in there um right 150 billion dollars to incentivize utilities to shift to clean power which we need to do but they're making how much profit i mean they need to they need to do this um for a lot of reasons so while McLaughlin is urging Congress to act now with urgency, the problem is, is that her boss, CEO, Walmart CEO, Doug McMillan, is leading a multi-million dollar campaign to defeat the reconciliation package. And here we go. McMillan is the current chair of the Business Roundtable. Business Roundtable is essentially like the Chamber of Commerce on steroids, a group of influential CEOs who are participating in a quote-unquote massive lobbying blitz to kill the reconciliation package and its clean energy standard. In a press release this week, which featured quotes from McMillan, the Business Roundtable said its efforts to defeat the reconciliation bill would include direct in CEO engagement to Capitol Hill and the administration, as well as high-frequency radio, print, and digital ads in over 50 media markets across the country, generating calls and letters from constituents in target states, unquote. Right. Walmart is, an, is also part of another well-funded campaign to defeat the reconciliation bill by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Okay, Walmart did not respond to popular information requests for comment. So it's not just Walmart, but General Motors. Yeah. They endorse it, but then Mary Barra, CEO, takes over the business roundtable. Incoming chair beginning in 2022. Congratulations, Mary. Hmm. Soon, Barra will lead a company that says the reconciliation bill is critical 
and and a lobbying organization doing everything po uh, possible to defeat it. The media coverage of Barr's appointment ignored this contradiction. Of course they did. Oh, of course they did. So, Walmart's conduct is similar to Apple's contradictory approach. Oh, okay, so this is also Apple. So we've got Walmart, we've got Apple, <clears throat> we've got GM. This is, are, are we seeing a pattern here? Okay, so yeah, this is like Lisa Jackson, right? And there, and there, wait, there is an entire article about Apple, and it's called Bad, Bad Apple, and I highly recommend everybody read it as well. Again, judges this phenomenal work, and he's got a terrific support staff, and Tessnim Zakaria, and Rebecca Crosby, and I forget who the third person he's now hired on or has joined him, but they're they're just ter terrific. They, Judd used to be the editor of Think Progress. But again, Tim Cook sits on the board of the Business Roundtable. Apple's describing the climate provisions of the reconciliation bill is urgent. So Judd is really hammering here into what the Business Roundtable is doing and who's on this Business Roundtable exactly. How much influence do they have and what are they doing? Yeah, what a find is right. Amazing. Yeah. Right? And, and also the whole, you know, Oreo with with toothpaste in the middle, good on the good on the outside, terrible in the middle, you know, like unreal. That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, you know. Unreal. Mansion, you know, <clears throat> released a lengthy statement criticizing the bill, but what happened? It's opposed by him and a handful of other Democrats. It doesn't even need any Republican votes to to become law. Correct. On Wednesday, he releases it criticizing the bill. Seeks to vengefully tax in pursuit of wishful spending. The statement did not get into specifics because the specifics are very popular. Right. And I love how he, he, he just gives receipts and links. This is to a tweet from Colin Wilhelm. He, this, this thing could be a lot longer. This is another article about the corporate campaign to, to, to attack and go after the reconciliation bill and who's doing that and the approach that they're taking. This guy just does phenomenal work. Love him to death. Judd Legume. At Judd Legume to follow him on Twitter for sure. And what he does is he'll do his posts as tweet threads quite often. So he'll put a link to this article, right. but he'll provide color and flair and other things that he's not necessarily including here. This is actually a friend of mine, Joseph Mangano. I, I met him in uh, Christo's Discord a long, long time ago. and We stayed friends. He lives nearby. And we've got more comments on here as well. Yeah, the mansion quote's unbelievable. 100%, Luigi. He's just, again, they're masked off. It's, they they don't care anymore. Because they're, they're winning in spite of all of this. And that's what they realize. So everybody's thanking him for his work. He's done fantastic work. <clears throat> and I've got to send you uh, a video from, from Lewis Rossman. About the the new iPhone. Speaking of Tim Cook and, and Apple, I'm and a how proud. terrible that is as like like a a a you know a slap in the face to the right to repair movement. But <clears throat> yeah, but yeah that's that, good. Yeah, Lewis Rossman's awesome. Big fan. A lot of people are. So yeah, here's the corporate yep. campaign. We've got Bad Apple, which I just referenced, is a great article. Now he does also report on. 
January 6th and the corporations that that say that they are in you know that, that are opposed to that supported the senators and the representatives that voted to overturn the election but then say oh. that they're oh we know, know what time it is do you know what that alarm is uh, that's a wonderful yeah, actually, alarm hey google stop I awesome so we're done with popular information button. so hang on so let me just go to bird and reef let's flip over before yeah 420 somewhere on and then hit share my camera and then hit camera two facing front yeah and here and max resolution and audio source none and then god the things i do for this start <laughs> oh, and then this and we we now have bonk cam i don't think you do it for this somewhere. Somewhere in the world. That's actually Lisbon, Portugal. It is 4:20 in. Um, oh, we looked up a whole a whole time zone. I believe it's it's Ireland. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in the Middle East as well. I think has some 4:20s in there. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> let's set up the next one while we're doing that. That's what I should have been doing. I, I really I really just made sure we hit the 20. So we get past the good boy timer on YouTube, you know. Nice, good boy. So, so we're already we're already two stories good boy in. Good timer. Now, now this is all part of corporate hypocrisy and wrongdoing, which I'm I've got a little theme going. Got a couple of more stories right yeah. now having having to do and uh, along that theme. Are are we are we done with our bond cam? <clears throat> yeah, I probably could hit the button, huh? Okay. There we go. Cool. There you go, Warren. Let me and... put on my reading glasses. Another Substack that I'm a subscriber to, and he doesn't even give you the Matt ability Stolen. to be a, I don't think a paid subscriber, but I, I'm yeah. not. I'm just a regular old subscriber, but he does fantastic work primarily on monopolies and on business and corruption. I'm a big fan of anybody that's reporting on corporate corruption. So this is big politics of monopoly. Actually, I think he does ask for for donations or for a um a paid subscription at the bottom here. He might. Yeah. So <clears throat> over the past few weeks, I've been writing about shortages and getting a lot of feedback. And one of the most common complaints he's hearing is from medical personnel who tell them that the medical, that the shortages in everything from masks to blue top collection tubes used to test bl blood clotting uh, to lidocaine to gloves. There's a well-known set of monopolies behind this problem. And so that's what I'm writing about today. <clears throat> Plus, he's got some other things in his newsletter and first some housekeeping. Okay, so he was on the podcast Real Vision with Mike Green, which you can watch at this link there. And now, the shortages aren't new. So again, what's gone wrong merely in the disruptions caused by COVID? Indeed, David Frum at The Atlantic is the latest to mock that there is something wrong with our markets that set us up with a fragile system. Frum criticized the new approach to concentration as taking us back to the 70s. Uh, pursuing resiliency translates in plainer English as higher taxes and higher prices. 
and studies suggest that we should, right. in the face of inflation <laughs> and shortages, do nothing because the immutable laws of supply and demand will work themselves out. David Frum. <clears throat> there are a couple of reasons that this, that this dismissive attitude, of course, doesn't make sense. Healthcare is a great place to understand problems with supply chains because they practice they predate COVID by 20 years. For more than 10 years, hundreds of drugs and medical supplies, everything from saline to epinephrine to chemotherapeutic agents to antibiotics to sterilized water have been regularly in short supply or outright shortage. The shortage problem is not clearly it's clearly not due to COVID, though COVID, of course, exacerbated. So this became clear when I got feedback from you on the shortages you're seeing. Okay, doctors told him that often they have to switch from drugs from drugs that they understand to lesser drugs, known drugs because of shortages, which can lead to medical errors. But this situation isn't a result of COVID. The fact that the FDA has had drug a drug shortage webpage for years. So new shortages cropping up all the time. First, this is a, a reader making a point out to him. <clears throat> After a storm affected production of saline in Puerto Rico, limited supplies of fluid for intravenous inter infusion ever since then, especially in, since after COVID pandemic hit, an unpredictable shortage will hit the hospital where they work. Of course, right now there's a lidocaine shortage. Wow. Before that, it was gloves which were replaced with whatever the hospital could get its hands on. The worst being flimsy ones from Malaysia that clearly hadn't gone through quality control because they'd stick together in the box and rip when you tried to put them on, wasting half the box. Great. For, wow. It's just N95 masks, respirators. You see, there's a whole laundry list of things here. Okay, so here you go. You can be sure and thank Macy for this pie. And again, this he talks a lot, a lot more about Early last year, they retooled to produce PPE. We now have an industry that can make a lot of different medical supplies, though clearly not everything. But what I'm told is domestic supply chain, while now impressive, simply cannot sell into domestic hospitals. Um, right. So that means new firms are going to stop investing and shut down what they're producing. And this is a profoundly weird situation. If there are shortages, why can't hospitals buy from new producers? It always seems to come back to changes in hospital buying that took place 30 years ago among a group, small group of middlemen known as group purchasing organizations or GPOs. You can be sure and thank Macy for this fine pie. So again, this is, he tells a, a really cool story. Um, this is a really long article. I'm, I'm not going to get into the entire thing. Um, why can't we make masks? People should go, go read it. Yeah, I, I recommend everybody go read it. Um, this is a long one. Moving forward, GPOs and hospitals couldn't do what they couldn't what they do without political power. So what happened with Senate investigations petered out, blocked by powerful senators like Schumer and regulators who never who never saw a kickback they couldn't get beyond. These middlemen have brought up everyone in the everyone in the industry here, for instance, as a comment to the FTC. <clears throat> on the wonders of GPOs funded by the industry and authored by, among others, former Obama FTC chairman, John Leibowitz. Jeez. Corruption, breeding, corruption. Here, how the Federal Reserve caused a massive merger wave. 
this is another like bomb of a story just hidden in there. All right, and he, he he does write another story about this, the Cant the Cantillon effect. This is really interesting. Right. <clears throat> okay, in March 2020, Congress Fed coordinated in joint actions to backstop the financial markets, which were going haywire because of the pandemic. This encaps this was encapsulated, of course, in the CARES Act, which legitimized the endless bailouts from the Fed towards private equity in the corporate sector. At the time, he called it a corporate coup, explaining that uh, through what is known as the Cantillon effect, that money printing, as it was done, would lead to significant corporate consolidation, and so it has. The Wall Street Journal's reported that after only eight months, 2021 is the biggest year for M&A since they started keeping records. Wow, that's wow, remarkable, right? Uh, one McKinsey consultant yeah. recently put it, when you've got... The feds saying debt will stay cheap for years, plus historically high multiples. The numbers look buoyant, especially if you're a seller. Right? This was all predictable. <clears throat> he's he's good. Here's a chart I put together using Hart Scott Rodino data from the FTC, a law that requires firms to report mergers over a certain size. November 2020 was a huge month. But if you look since then, and since the pandemic, here's when the CARES Act passed. Straight up. Already the number of mergers has far surpassed the total number for all last year. This is the annual chart. Wow. Wow. Over 3,000 mergers and acquisitions already in 2021. And we still have two months to go. Two months. Right? Well, really, three months. We've got an entire quarter. Because they announced stuff really yeah. right up through the end of the year. Okay. Um, Lena Khan. She's our new FTC chair. So she laid out her priorities in a widely circulated memo. It's a very important document because expectations are very high and how she prioritizes will go a long way towards towards indicating whether her tenure will be successful. <clears throat> and again, he summarizes. Oh, it's only a couple of paragraphs. Cool. In this memo, she indicates her goal of pulling off the FTC from its traditional role of going after one-off violations and ripoffs and striking at root causes in big firms. That means thinking about market structure itself not just harm to consumers, as well as moving beyond economists and bringing in different sets of experts. She also indicated a desire to further democratize the agency, which means more open meetings, potentially open more regional offices outside D.C., and to reflect the nation as a whole. <clears throat> well, that sounds like an expansion of the state. Already they've opened yep. comment periods to hear about unfair contract terms, with several thousand having been received already. But it's expanding the state to help potentially workers in order to crack down on monopolistic practices if they use that in that way. Right. My concern is what that what kind of precedent that might set. In terms of policy priorities, the FTC will focus on consolidation in general as a problem, dealing with the overwhelming merger wave and trying to find ways of deterring illegal obviously illegal transactions so they don't suck up resources. 
New mergers guidelines will be a key part of the anti-consolidation push. Khan also wants to focus on quote-unquote dominant intermediaries and extractive business models, quote-unquote, aka middlemen who use their critical market position to hike fees, dictate terms, and protect and extend their market power. So private equity gets a mention as stripping productive capacity, distorting business incentives, which is a huge change since antitrust enforcers tend to like private equity, seeing as it's a force that introduces more competition. That's what they see it as, at least. And finally, she wants to explore unfair contract terms, take it or leave it type stuff. She wants to go after non-competes, repair restrictions. What do you think of that? And exclusionary clauses based on the comments the the FTC is hearing from the public. She's a hard job for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that the merger wave the Fed and Congress has engineered is inundating the FTC. This is another really interesting article. So this is like a summary. This is about um, did Zuckerberg and his team violate insider trading laws? Another long article there for you to read. Send me tips on weird monopolies, stories I missed. You can sign up here for more issues of Big, which I did. And if you really like it, there's this book. Again, I, I, I don't think that there's a way to... I'm already subscribed, I believe. So. This was the other one I was considering including was the more than half Americans have experienced a shortage. But um, that's gosh, it's just it's just heartbreaking. Um, Another I can't I can't I can't cover like so many depressing stories. The medical shortages was enough. But this this was like, wow, Um, vendor lead times are beginning to fall, which was a positive sign. Um, But that's Matt Stoller. Uh, More of the workers and I'm sorry, of the supply chains and of corporations behaving badly, as our friend Kira from Hardlands once liked to say. Let's go back to. Our friends in the insurance industry, in an era of record wildfires, insurers have made fire coverage unaffordable. Hi, Darlene. Fire coverage. Fire coverage. Can you believe this? California's insurance commissioner. Let's make this bigger. Right? So, like, you, you need to have it. Nope. Didn't blow up. Okay. But you, but you can't afford it. Yeah, we, we had the same problem. Flood insurance and hurricane insurance down in Florida. Sasha Abramsky, truth out. I want to shout out to Sasha Abramsky, excellent writer as well. Consistently good work. So last week, Ricardo Lara announced they'd stop insurance companies from dropping customers' fire coverage in areas hit by the wildfires infernos for one year. Builds on a regular... Regulatory change the commissioner pushed for early this year to allow consumers to see their fire insurance risk scores assigned to them by insurers and then to force insurers to improve the scores of homeowners who undertake fire mitigation strategies on their properties. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, they look, they should. With with what? what? Well, yeah. Right. Like, 
we're, we're gonna put we're gonna put fire like uh, sprinklers outside in case of a forest fire like okay you know like what the moratorium will give roughly 325,000 homeowners spread across fire hit regions of 22 counties a temporary <laughs> reprieve from what has been an annual nightmare in much of California, finding insurers willing to cover property in parts of the state increasingly vulnerable to fires as the region becomes the global epicenter of climate change impacts. Of course it does. California is burning right now. Ain't no sprinkler going to stop those forest fires. You bet. You bet. Absolutely, darling. Yep. Moratorium alone, the risk score regulations, while providing breathing space, won't fix a near-broken insurance system that's increasingly unable to financially navigate the climate change world and more frequent uh, intense fires, floods, droughts, and hurricanes scores throughout California and indeed much of the American West. Homeowners are struggling not only to find companies willing to insure them against fire, but to find companies too willing to do so at an affordable rate. So here, upwards of 235,000 homeowners lost their fire insurance coverage after their insurers refused to renew their policies, with a more than 30% increase on non-renewals for homeowners compared to the previous year. So insurers are trying to get out of this business because it's not profitable for them anymore. Everybody's yep. losing their homes, putting in all kinds of claims, and the insurance companies are like, wait, we're not going to get that much in premiums. So the numbers haven't yet been released for 2020, given that more than 4, 4 million acres of California land unburned during uh, epic fires in recent years. It's likely the pattern of non-renewals has intensified. Up and down the Sierra Nevada and the ranges of Western foothills. Yep, always follow the money. Entire communities either become involuntarily uninsured or face, at and, or face staggering premium cost increases. Many businesses, especially in wine country, in, find themselves shut. And you're yet. left with just what FEMA is going to provide you or whatever, you know. Yep. And then California. your home is gone. Are falling back on the fair plan insurance pool, a last-ditch fire insurance plan option that costs a lot, comes with high deductibles, but is at least a little better than nothing. Wow. That's like the best that we got. Yeah. Not everyone who loses private insurance qualifies. Gavin Newsom signed a bill intended to address the problem. Wineries were reclassified by FAIR as agricultural entities, a designation designed um, to include, uh, to exclude them from FAIR plan eligibility. Mm. plan wasn't designed to cover the risk of a fire taking out large tracts of land even today with the new legislation crops and farm animal losses are still excluded from coverage does Gavin Newsom own any rights to any you know vineyards hmm. that's what I want to know you know well, got to right all the donors from the wine cave certainly do yeah, for sure. Wine they can't. Cave. They can't afford to, the high premiums required, of course. And then, living in, you know, as a result, Californians have been living. A lot of them have been left in limbo. 
And for the lucky ones who still do have fire insurance, sometimes this is a result of insurers using AI systems to calculate which properties are insurable, even in high-risk fire zones. Bills have skyrocketed in recent years, in some cases by upwards of 300%, meaning, some, meaning that many homeowners in California's mountains and foothills are now paying more for fire insurance than they are for property taxes. Well, Jesus. Even in the fair plan, which is intended as something of a safety net, even that has seen enormous year-on-year premium increases. Why? Well, because fighting fire and paying out people who lose their home to fire is expensive? Yep. Because usually it's all gone. It's so, not repairable. Well, here, there was a law that was on the books, potentially, or that was that was being proposed, but in the end, the legislative clock wound down without the bill being passed and signing the law. So I'm not going to read what this is. It didn't, it didn't pass. But there is a better option for two years now. They push building progressive legislatures, legislators have pushed bills in Sacramento that would require insurance companies to provide coverage. So long as homeowners make a good faith effort to harden their properties against fire. Those same two years, however, the insurance industry has pushed back against the proposals. Okay, so California legislators must get behind these and other efforts to mandate insurers keep their their customers affordably insured. Yeah. Well, if they don't, then they're going to go out of business also from not having any customers. Right. You know, brought brutal climate change emergencies. If, if insurance companies genuinely can't stay solvent while maintaining reasonably priced coverage in fire zones, then the state ought to set up a subsidy system to both protect homeowners and also keep insurance insurers afloat. It is, after all, a good, a social good to maintain insurance protections that serve as a buffer against destitution for millions of people, especially in an area where billion-dollar disasters, be they wildfires or hurricanes or floods, are becoming the norm rather than the exception. Yep, and that's and that's what's going on here in Florida. Like mm -hmm. uh, our flood insurance, particularly when I lived in in Live Oak, which is a flood basin of Florida, right? Three rivers go into it, so any hurricane that comes in is just gonna like. You know, we, we had, we had, our, our house was, you know, we had, I think, four foot of water in the house when it flooded and like nothing oh, from insurance. Wow. Like, wow. You know, I mean, it, and it was just like, and then, and then when that happened, it was like our insurance went up through the roof afterwards, you know, like all they did was like, they, they, they got us like new flooring and like, I think we had to replace the walls and like, uh man and they like sent out guys to like dry the floors like that you, you know what i mean hmm. like that was it and yeah like, like yeah they'll send that's a racket in itself probably that that, that 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 nation dry what, what are they called um surf pro they do great work when yeah. we had a flood they came in they cleaned that yeah. place out they they set up all the blowers they got everything done we never blowers. we never had to pay out a yep. dime on that the insurance company covered everything it's all covered um I did want to indicate, yeah, was, you know, it was bad. Uh, the consumer <laughs> rights organization Consumer Watchdog has argued that insurance ought, insurers ought to be legally required to provide insurance services throughout the entire state rather than cherry picking which regions they insure in order to be to be allowed yep. to do business in California. That sounds fair. 
But the fire, the breakdown of the fire insurance system is a red flag warning about the global vulnerability of insurance markets and their customers as climate change intensifies and as extreme weather events become the new norm. Dropping hundreds of thousands of homeowners' fire insurance policies as a way to maintain short-term profits is, in the long run, deeply counterproductive. It undermines the viability of communities, puts huge numbers of people at risk of, of homelessness and destitution in the event of fire spreading into their communities. That might protect insurers' bottom lines, but insurers' hell doesn't protect ordinary people as they try to survive in a world made inhospitable by global warming. Yep. Right. Copyright, Sasha Abramsky, Truth Out, Freelance Journalist, Eating the Middle Class Homeowners Alive. Yep. And I again, he's published in The Nation, Atlantic Monthly, New York Magazine, Rolling Stone, published everywhere, and does write a weekly column, British by Nature. Lives in Sacramento. So this is personal to him. Right. I enjoy his work quite a bit. And then we've got one more. Um, no, that, that's it for the for the corporate hypocrisy and wrongdoing segment. So we've got. Okay. Wow. 45 minutes. Oh, boy. Yep. All righty. So now we have a story that is really personal, really important to me. And. Let's let's do a little bit of a flip here. Um, thumbnail. And um, let's talk a little bit about the guy in Belmarsh Prison. Julian mm. Assange, the juicy orange as you like to call him. Yeah. Free free Julian Assange. Let's fix this. Blow it up. There are two articles that I saw that were Really, and Max Blumenthal, Jimmy Dore had an amazing segment. I really encourage everybody segment. to ta- to to watch that. Uh, I also wanted to and cover Greenwald, the Greenwald segment too. Was kind of part of that too. It was. It, it certainly was. was. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but Ray yeah, McGovern, how he specifically was targeted. Ray McGovern yeah. nailed and talks specifically about the. Isakov story and of course the Isakov story that 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 broke talked about how the Trump administration and Mike Pompeo had conspired potentially and plotted and drawn up plans to either extradite him kidnap him have some type of a potential shootout on a London street um there were all kinds of wild scenarios that were thrown out because that's what the CIA does when they're briefing a president of course when they're giving him scenarios there's questions as to whether this was brought by pompeo or by trump himself lots of people seem to believe this was a vendetta that pompeo had over vault seven and that's one of the things that that ray mcgovern had pointed out just the day after this whole thing broke and before everybody really had time to analyze and talk to anybody he says michael isikoff is at it again this time with co-author Zach Dorfan and Sean Naylor in a long pothole piece posted on Sunday on Yahoo where Isakoff is chief investigative correspondent. Seeing the title, Wouldn't You Dip In? Kidnapping, assassination, and a London shootout inside the CIA's secret war plans against WikiLeaks. Yeah, Pompeo's scary. You would know, Darlene. You live in in his state, right, (laughs) right nearby. 
Um, she's in Missouri. He's in Kansas, I believe. I sent out a quick tweet to alert those to to alert those many readers who are malnourished by the corporate media to the to the subliminal but clear subtext: the big lie that Assange was a Russian agent, which he clearly was not. After all, he published DNC emails hacked by the Russians, quote unquote, to hurt Canada Clinton and throw the 2016 election to Trump. Right? Hacked. Wrong. Okay. Um, the Yahoo email. This is this is so good. The Yahoo article has a wealth of shoot 'em up detail, the most plausible of which were long since revealed. This is where. Um, Max Blumenthal, even a year plus ago, this came out in the UC Global trial with David Morales. What what really happened? But sense is, even if those if only those wimpish lawyers had not stood in the way, we'd have gotten our man. Shoot up any Russians trying to steal him and bring him to Russia, no problem. First Amendment for Assange, no problem. So we are told, for example. <clears throat> The CIA and White House began preparing for a number of scenarios to foil Assange's Russian departure plans, according to three former officials. They have no evidence for this. Those, those included yeah, potential gun ridiculous. battles with Kremlin. Yeah, this is what what we talked about, right? Yeah. Isakov yeah. et al. So this this is quoting the the article more. Okay, and there was zero debate on the issue of whether the CIA would increase its spying on WikiLeaks said a former intelligence official, right? So, no stake in yep. Russiagate vampire. So well, good. And, and uh, Megan Kelly asked about, uh, asked Pompeo about this today, His or not today, but like this week, I think. Yep. Because um, I know I pulled that story for, for our show. Uh, him, and I called into Glenn Beck. Oh, yeah. As well? Yep. Oh, he had no, the most, like, think, uncomfortable think... giggle. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there was the, the quote with Megyn Kelly was that they were a, like, well, uh, like, anti-national something, something, like, a non a, a non state hostile intelligence yeah. a non state hostile intelligence service yeah. I believe was was the terminology that that was that used was to it. describe them or a non state actor Gross. as well that's another way to describe it yeah so Ray McGovern uh, I certainly he was a 27 year career CIA analyst uh, including serving as chief of foreign policy branch chief of the Soviet foreign policy branch brilliant yep fault seven. Mm. Exactly, Valerie. Yeah, that is. But Russia. But Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia the embarrassment of the Vault Seven leaks is why the CIA is determined to ensure that. Unfortunately, I don't. I, they have. They have to get him out. He's got to be released. I mean, story after story after story highlights the persecution that this man is being underwrought right now. The torture yeah, that that he's I already. I told Misty we should just. Yeah. I told Misty we should just start sending cakes. You know. <laughs> right. One might get through with something, you know. I'm, I'm like at this point, the cowboy breakout posse needs to, you know. Like. It's ridiculous. It is. 
but beyond ridiculous and really upsetting. Like what are they holding him for? What are they? Well, he's already won his extradition trial, and they've already said extradition that they're not going trial. to extradite him. But they're still holding him, which is still really weird, um, because he's a flight risk, and he mm. fled. He fled to the Ecuadorian embassy prior. Um, well, but okay, I don't want to try that whole part of the case. But the other angle that I wanted to show, and the other article that I thought brought a different a spin to the story and a different flair was from Kevin Gostola from The Dissenter, another amazing writer. He was on the ground in England a couple of years ago or in February before COVID for the last trial. He was on the Zoom feed for the last two, for the extradition trial itself in September and the appeal that happened in uh, in July. And uh, he's been one of the most tenacious writers, and and um, he also covers uh, prison mal malfeasance. He covers um, all kinds of corporate wrongdoing. Big fan of his work. The Dissenter is one of his newsletters. He's also one of the co-founders of Shadowproof. And right. so his article from September 29th was the report on the CIA plans to kidnap to Assange shows that the clearest evidence yet of improper pressure on prosecutors, right? That the district judge who yeah. denied the extradition request previously dismissed evidence of improper pressure from the CIA to charge the WikiLeaks founder. This is, again, an unbelievable story. Here. Though she ruled against the U.S.'s extradition request, she rejected the argument from the legal team for WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange that hostility within U.S. intelligence agencies translated into, pro into improper pressure on federal prosecutors to bring charges. However, the Isakov story on the CIA's plans, yep. right, is some of the strongest evidence yet that, the, that, that he was only charged with crimes because of their thirst for vengeance. He was charged with by the and U.S. If Justice. they had killed him, I mean, if they had if they had killed him while he was being like, isn't that not like witness? Uh, what do they call that? You know, where it's like tampering with witnesses or whatever. Well, you know, that that would just be uh, worse than than that. That again, what they're trying to do is send an ex, you know send a message to anybody that wants to report on the crimes yep. of the national security state of the CIA of the United States of the U S military, the U S government. So the charges criminalize the act of merely receiving classified information as well as publication of the state secrets from the U S government targets, common practices in journalism, which is why the case is widely opposed by press freedom organizations throughout the world. And there's been letters. Okay. Again, here, here's more about vault seven. All right, Gina Haspel shared his zeal for retaliation. All right, he sought revenge after the publication. Pompeo, Pompeo, proposed kidnapping Assange in the summer of 2017. His obsession led several CIA officials to draw plans for assassinating the publisher. All right, some national security. Yeah. This is again, 
this is really more of what the Isakov story should have been, but it's he's taking right. the parts of the Isakov story that are actually real, not mixed in with the Russiagate stuff. Now, the other question is, is if the Russiagate stuff's in there, how much do you take this? But again, Pompeo didn't deny that he set this up. Yeah. Um, representatives of the Assange legal team were asked to comment, but declined. They don't want to impact this case. If anybody has the wherewithal to support Kevin Gastel's work, please do at the both the dissenter newsletter, which of which I am a subscriber, as well as at Shadowproof. Again, this is another long one. And this gives a real breakdown of the Isakov story and Again, CIA is a disgrace. The fact that it contemplated and engaged in so many illegal acts against WikiLeaks, its associates, and even other award-winning journalists is an outright scandal. And again, this is what Freedom of the Press Foundation executive director said. And that's um, what you were to That's, I believe, the organization that Glenn Greenwald founded, Freedom of the Press Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you talk, were talking about how it dovetailed into Glenn. Yeah, how Greenwald got personally, you know. Right. That so, Greenwald and Laura Poitras and he were had also to leave the country and that he couldn't get back into the country by what his you know, his lawyers recommended not. You know. So Yep. Super fun for them. Free this man. Please free this man. Oh yeah, this 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 Assange thing, yeah, just like how many times do we have to like why do we have to beg for this you know i don't get it god get that guy off my face get the guy off my screen <clears throat> again the yeah. dissenter newsletter i get a couple a week i would say from kevin recent posts here's a couple of other ones report on the cia plans shows they okay that's the one we just looked through here, he was reportedly obsessed with killing Assange. That's another article that he wrote for the dissenter. This is 9-11 cinema. And all about Daniel Hale. <clears throat> These are more in-depth. And again, he's got tons of different uh, articles at the dissenter. Also, again, recommend. This is a separate newsletter, I guess, from um Shadowproof, which is the other organization that he is the co-founder of with Brian Sonnenstein. Right. So. One more. So that's the Assange news for the week. Yeah. Then we've got. <laughs> one that I don't think that anybody's covered at all. And this is Wow. It's a little it's a little sad to see. It's just another one of our uh it's big pharma controlling everything. That sucks. Yeah. I don't think anybody really saw this coming or knew that this was happening. I I had no idea, I'll tell you right now. But Danny Glover undercover for big pharma and insurance companies? Yeah. Isn't Apparently. He too old for this shit. <laughs> that's it i'm what? getting too old for this shit uh, right ask your liberal friends about danny glover amazing democracy now regular 
supporter Bernie, single payer. Ask older Americans who watch a lot of cable television about Danny Glover, and they'll tell you about Danny Glover. Paid actor for Big Pharma and the insurance industry. As it turns out, he is the civil rights face of corporate liberalism. Oh, I didn't believe it when I first heard about it this week. But then reality was just a few Google clicks away. One issue, issue one, single-payer national health insurance. Danny Glover supports single-payer. He was a major supporter of Bernie Sanders for president. Single-payer would effectively eliminate the insurance industry. However, throughout his career, Glover has been a strong supporter of traditional Medicare and single-payer national health insurance, right? Last year, he narrated a long, an hour-long PBS documentary <clears throat> chronicling the historic struggle to secure equal and adequate access to health care for all Americans. Central to the story is the tale of how a new national program, Medicare, was used to mount dramatic, coordinated effort that radically desegregated thousands of hospitals across the country, all in a matter of months in 1966. Highly important. That Danny Glover would never betray the single-payer movement working by, working by working for a Medicare Advantage Insurance Corporation to undermine traditional Medicare, right? Wrong. Ouch. Ouch. So, Glover has been starring in ads for a Medicare Advantage insurance company, Assurance IQ. And I'm not going to quote the thing, but you may be eligible. I mean, it's... You, Glover should you don't know. Want to read an ad for them? No, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Glover should know that Medicare Advantage undermines traditional Medicare and rips off seniors. The September 2018 mm. report from the IG for the DOH and Human Services, uh, HHS, found that Medicare Advantage regularly denies claims and that when patients appeal these denials, Medicare Advantage plan reversed three quarters of their own denials. Oh, gross. I'm glad they reversed them, but yep. to deny them in the first place is that's that's right out of um, the Rainmaker right there. The numbers were troubling right. because of the infrequency with which patients and providers use the appeals process. Just one percent of those denied care, right? Unreal. Yeah. Diane Archer of Just Care USA yep. was surprised to hear that Glover was making ads for a Medicare Advantage company. Danny Glover is an ally who supports Medicare for all. Medicare Advantage and all private health insurance drives up costs and jeopardizes access to care. Traditional Medicare is far better choice. Right, in a Zoom single-payer meeting earlier this week, Congresswoman Katie Porter put it this way, Medicare Advantage costs more money, is less transparent, and provides worse care. So here, issue two, Glover fronting for Big Pharma. Glover would never do ads for Big Pharma, right? Wrong again. So here is Avenir Pharmaceuticals pushing a red pill called Nudexta, which was approved to treat a disorder marked by sudden and uncontrollable laughing or crying, known as PBA. Mm. Wow. There's a Medicare for All event on October 30th in San Francisco only. There might be, Carl. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, there's also going to be an event, Sharif Snugs, and I know Renee Johnston are organizing a death in outside an insurance company in New York City. I think it might be even ho on Halloween. Um, I'll, I'll learn more about that as, as time progresses. And uh, if you look at um, 
Sharif Snugs is what's what's his Twitter handle? It's like M for M for all. Sharif Snugs? No, not my Nugs. Yeah, Sharif Snugs. Gotcha. No, no, Sharif. Yeah. Sharif. S H A R E. Yeah, yeah, yes, you. Sharif Snugs. Sharif? Yes. No, gotcha. well, not not quite you, you could, but you could understand my I was like, what what you don't need mine. You know? No, it's <laughs> it's it is. I will tell you in a second. I have him up right here. No, wrong person. That's weird. I A M the number four M the number four A. I am four M four A. That is Sharif Snugs. I A M the number four M four A. So he's he's arranging a an event and it is on I have a link. Hold on, I'm going to open it. Give a link. Hashtag Day of the Dead. Wait, no, that that's Eventbrite. Here we go. Okay, I'm doing I'm doing this off off screen. See, this this is this is what I'm doing this time intelligently. That's so my here. Favorite, that's my favorite Spanish thing, by the way. Dios de los Muertos, because I just take any sentence and add de los Muertos to it, and it makes it way cooler. You know, burritos de los Muertos. It's way better. You know, dead burritos. Way better. De los Muertos. See. Si. Yeah, okay. that's Day of the Dead. Yeah, I know. Dios de los Muertos. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. So I have the event bright up. I'm gonna drag this over where we are right now and I'm going to amplify this a little bit for our friend Sharif for a second one Mississippi and I will put this link in the chat as well as in the show notes after the show is over I do like the graphic. Pretty sweet. Right? So, oh. in mourning tens of thousands of lives, we demand Speaker Pelosi support the passage of Medicare for all. Oh, this is the one in San Francisco. This is what you're talking about. Interesting. Presidio Park, neighborhood yeah. in San Francisco at 12 noon. I could have sworn there was something also going on in New York, but maybe not. That's really cool. <laughs> Live and in the chat. Links wow. in the chat for you. Okay. So, again, I know we're already, like, getting pretty far in. Not Bernie, not Danny. Oh, okay. So, here's another thing. Issue three, the nonprofit industrial complex. Right? So, of course, yeah. Sanders has yet to introduce his bill into the Senate. Why is that got to do with Bernie? Okay. So... 77 organizations that support single payer, including public citizen, move on indivisible. Blah, sent a letter to Senate leaders to support Medicare expansion, aka Medicare for some. Yes, that is real. And wow. Oh, we're too old for this shit. You got it. Don't worry, I can say it for you. I'm getting too old we, for this we shit. We past the YouTube good boy timer anyway. I'm getting too old for this shit. 
Sasha Abramsky, Antiwar.com, Store by Scott Horton, Dissenter. And now we've got Popular Resistance. We're at the end of that one. And let's turn that off right here. Thumbnail transition. Boom, boom. Close that. And while I'm here, I think we're already blown up because Truth has blown up. And let's go back. Another one of the all-stars of writing, Sharon Zhang, Truth Out. Another Truth Out story because Truth Out's awesome. And I just realized that I'm showing all the bookmarks. I don't need to. <laughs> Hi, bookmarks. 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 No, Show those. bookmarks. Like the folders and stuff that I keep there. It doesn't matter. Yep. There's nothing spicy there. Nothing that I'm not about that I wouldn't want anybody to see. <laughs> and hopefully that's the case. Big Pharma makes yep. <laughs> more off of the United States sales than the rest of the world combined. Of course it does. Seriously? Here we go. A new analysis yep. by Public Citizen. This was published just Public Citizen. yesterday. Public Citizen founded by the legend Ralph Nader. New analysis by Public Citizen found that the U.S. is nearly spending spending nearly double what the rest of the world spends for combined for key drugs. This report offers further evidence that the country is in dire need of pharmaceutical drug price reformation, which progressives are fighting for through the Build Back Better Act. So this is championing Joe's uh, corporate giveaway here, which certainly would be nice. Mm. As opposed to nothing they're going to do right now. The report finds that for the top 20 selling drugs worldwide, U.S. sales totaled $101.1 billion, while sales of the same drugs to the rest of the world totaled almost $57 billion in 2020. For 11 of the drugs, revenue in the U.S. was double that of the rest of the world combined. And for 11 of the 13 pharma companies that sell these drugs, U.S. profits made up most of their revenue. Why? Because every other country has fixed drug prices with the government. I got your spicy right here. Yep. So for some drugs, Type two the, the analysis found an egregious revenue difference. For an HIV medication produced by Gilead Sciences, the U.S. sales revenue was five times the rest of the world's revenue. For Humira which treats autoimmune diseases four times greater, three times greater for drugs like Trulicity. Trulicity, yep. Okay, Americans spend far too much on prescription drugs. And, oh yeah, that's right, Vibance minimum, and a minimum bunch of wage. Other stuff through the roof. Federal minimum wage. Well, minimum wage for federal employees is $15, but federal minimum wage nationwide is still seven twenty-five an hour. Yep. Though drug prices can across countries remain opaque, studies have shown that people in U.S. consume a comparable amount of prescription drugs to people in other countries, and this suggests that public citizens' findings aren't due to a higher unit of sales drugs, sales of drugs in the U.S., but rather higher prices. Of course they are. Yep. Previous research have produced similar findings. Public citizens' analysis comes at a time when Congress is fighting over a proposal to allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices. 
that would be critical. Democrats estimate the plan could save the government about $450 billion. There's only one problem. They're bought out by the same pharmaceutical and healthcare companies. That's crazy. What? No. More Can't importantly, be. it's not just an it's not just an abstract plan that would have roundabout effects on the public. The plan could save lives. Rolling a recent yep. polling has found that 18 million Americans say that they recently couldn't afford to purchase a needed drug for themselves or someone in their household. Wow. People are still rationing insulin. Turns out, 10% of American adults report skipping doses to save money. Ouch. How many people? It's it's, impo it's a difficult to quantify. 2019 study found that over 13% of Americans knew someone who died in the previous five years after not being able to afford treating a health condition. And yet they want to claim that our government cares about our health. Sure they do. They need to keep us alive yeah. so that we pay more taxes, right? And so that we fuel their machines. Even though, as my friend Steve Grumbine likes to say, taxes don't fund the government. They don't. Yep. Taxes take money out yep. of the system. They are merely the cancellation of money on the ledger. So to mitigate the crisis, Public Citizen says Congress should pass the proposal to allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Granting Medicare the authority to push back against pharmaceutical company profiteering would mean an end to decades of overpaying for medicines if they actually did yep. negotiate fair pricing. The problem is, will they negotiate? Will they negotiate and put in build in a healthy profit margin for these pharmaceutical companies, or will they just effectively kill them? Progressive lawmakers have been fighting to include the proposal in the Build Back Better Act. Pharmaceutical industry lobby has vast influence over U.S. politics. This year alone, 171 million lobbying lawmakers. Right. Yes. Yes, Eric Thomas. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, good, good to see you, man. Eric, appreciate you being here. Um, so, yeah, we're covering a Truth Out article right now. We're just about done with this one. Right-wing Democrats removed the proposal despite recent polling by Data for, prog for Progress showing that a majority of Republican, independent, and Democratic voters are in support of the drug price negotiation plan. 73% of all voters. Again, the will of the public does not control Congress. And this is yet another example of why. Crazy. Yep. So again, that is Sharon Zhang truth out. Sharon Zhang belongs on the all-star team of writers. She's right up there again, top 20, top 50. She's, she's one of my favorites and, I would, I would very venture to say the best, the best that Truth Out's got right now in their lineup, and it it, it rotates from from uh from from month to month, from period to period. And there are people who do it consistently well over time. I I think Sharon's just at the top of her game right now. She's fantastic. Yep. Whoa, the whole thing, everything just went dark for a second. Wow. Did it? Thank goodness. Um. Yeah, my whole house just like fl flickered. That was crazy. Oh. Unless I had a mini blackout myself. <laughs> okay. I'm going to whip through this part pretty quick. I know that, again, 115 ahead, already. Um, You're good. We, 
we pretty much always almost hit two hours, even though we we, we say we're only an hour. You know? Workers continue to That's say enough is here. enough. That's the theme of this section. Oh. And it's for World Socialist website, WSWS.org articles. They're doing amazing coverage supporting worker um worker endeavors and and supporting the rank and file workers that are actually doing the work on the floor the hourly employees they fight the corruption even within the labor unions that are sometimes in bed with politicians or big business or sometimes with um with management themselves so seattle carpenters we're, we're on an 11-day strike. This was on September 27th. I believe they are still on strike right now. The efforts right. of the rank-and-file workers to wage a real, a real struggle to win their demands are being met with determined efforts by their carpenters' union to shut down the strike and impose another pro-company labor agreement. After they've rejected four attempts by the labor union to push through a deal that continued the, ero that, that continued the erosion of their living standards, the union was forced to call a strike on September 16th, the first walkout in nearly two decades. They don't want to strike. From the beginning, however, they ordered 10,000 of the 12,000 carpenters to remain on the job. So, including at the largest public projects work under so-called project labor agreements signed with the Contractors Association and state and local politicians that include no-strike clauses and substandard terms. I support these striking workers. Fair wages, for Every sure. Time. Yep. Like other sections of workers, the carpenters are determined to overturn decades of union-backed concessions. They sought to expand their struggle by calling out non-striking carpenters and other building trade workers. Um, despite the pandemic, Seattle's exposing, experiencing a, a construction boom driven by new projects ordered by Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook. Silicon Valley expanding up northward. Carpenters who can't afford to raise a family in the area or keep keep up with rising fuel costs and other costs associated with the long daily commutes are calling for a $15 wage increase over three years, increased employer no. contributions to health care and pensions, and fully paid parking. I mean, if they're going to have to do the work in the city, they, they shouldn't be allowed to, to have parking covered. Yep. It's one of the most dangerous industries. Here they had just a plasterer who was crushed to death by falling equipment just last week. Yeah, it's one of the most dangerous jobs. Even Rogan said it was it was one of the hardest jobs he he had. Oh, throwing up and drywall. Oh. And that's Rogan. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, well. and Rogan did every job there is. So opposed yeah. to the strike from the beginning, officials from both the NWCU, the Northwest Carpenters Union. And this parent organization, the United Brotherhood of Carpenters, have functioned as strike breakers, doing everything to weaken and shut down the struggle and impose the dictates of the giant construction firms that make up the AG, the ACG consortium. Again, this is – who else is covering this? All right. So, again, highly recommend Jerry White. He does some good work. I think that he's also got some – Negative takes as well. Roll the socialist alternative. That's interesting. Now, okay, so in this case, 
They're attacking Shama Sawant at every point. She sought to keep workers tied to the corporate unions and prevent the independent and, and industrial. I disagree with that 100%, but okay. In her remarks at a public rally Saturday, she presented the sabotage of the strike as the mistaken direction of leadership who were pursuing a, lo a losing strategy, not the deliberate and politically conscious decisions of union executives whose material interests are completely separated from and hostile to those of the working class. Interesting. Trot's going to trot. Yep. They are Trotskyites. That's true. Wow. Long. Build around. Of course. Yep. They are not necessarily in support of labor unions. They are more about rank and file strike rank and file committees. So build rank and file. The SEP calls on carpenters take their to take to the fight, to take it into their own hands. Former rank rank and file strike committee completely independent of the unions, saying you guys don't need the union. And maybe they're right, but Trot's gonna trot. But at the same time. Government crisis deepens as truck driver shortage leaves fuel stations empty. And it's really funny. In my real world and in my real life, in my business life, um, mm -hmm. I was talking to an international client who was saying that he was going to be traveling potentially to the UK, but he was concerned about a trip, a four-hour trip to London from the north of, of England because about the fuel shortage. And he was concerned, worried that yeah. he may not be able to fuel up wherever he is. And I, and yep. because I read WSWS and because I'm plugged into international news, I was able to be like, yep, I, I know all about that. <laughs> so what's you can see, um, like fast charge, uh, situation in the UK, you think? Good question. Jeez, look at those lines. Yep. If you, you know, you've got that's probably doesn't bode well. Nope. Long lines started to build up outside fuel stations. Between 50 percent, 50 and 85 percent of all independent service stations nationwide were empty. <clears throat> most on Monday, most of the nation's 8,000 think Brexit was a good idea, guys. Yeah. The BBC reported that one junior doctor in London went to 17 petrol stations after work on Monday in search of fuel, but wasn't able to get any. Impressive that he had enough gas in his car to, to go to 17 stations. To do that, yeah. Unless he walked all of them. Which, <laughs> good for he, you. He took a bike? Yeah. But even if he took a bike there, wouldn't he need to be there at the moment to fill up? Well, you can bring a can with you, right? All right. You know. On Sunday evening, as the crisis worsened, the government was forced to exempt the entire energy industry from the 1998 Competition Act in order that companies could legally share basic data and prioritize deliveries to areas where fuel was needed most. They're in triage mode. Yeah. Holy moly. Right? Yeah. Luigi, nobody is talking about this over here. Yeah. According to the father of MMT, Brexit was good for wages. Okay. <laughs> has it, I mean, how have, like, has gas prices responded here? Um, not Probably, yet, but right? it's, but remember, they're on an island and they don't produce their own fuel. Yep. We, we are a fuel exporter. 
So we're never going to have that yep. kind of problem here. Um, no, but... Plus, we're making a move just like they are toward or away from fossil fuels. I believe that, that the UK has a 2035 initiative to go completely uh, electric for all their vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be smart for them because, like, the farthest place you have to go is, you know, like, not that far. Well, they need to generate hydroelectric you know? and wind power in order to be – and solar power in order to be able to st – and, and store that, that energy. Without fuel. Right. Don't they have nuclear as well? I don't know if they have nuclear in, in the UK. They probably have question. one, maybe – Oh, here you go. The shortage has been exacerbated by Brexit with an estimated 25,000 truck drivers returning to Europe since 2016. Pandemic has also intensified yeah. the crisis. Okay, so they're talking about, again, the UK is estimated to be short of more than 100,000 truck drivers right now. Even yeah. if they had basic industry and supply network, much of it integrated into a complex just-in-time uh, production operations has seized up. It's Oh, two nuclear plants were offline because they require natural gas to operate as a coolant. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the government is now offering temporary visas to 5,000 fuel, foreign fuel tanker and food truck drivers. Lorry drivers. Lorry drivers. Lorry drivers. And with the profitable Christmas period of trading um, threatened with being massively disrupted to 5,500 foreign-based poultry workers, it is also attempting to bring back around a, a million existing HGV drivers into the industry under conditions in, in which many have left due to the intolerable working conditions and low pay for what is a highly skilled job. Yes, it is. Plans were also announced to train 4,000 new HGV drivers under conditions in which there is now a backlog of 50,000 trucks. <sighs> What this tells me, honestly, this is screaming market need for automated mm -hmm. driving vehicles. That's that's what the marketplace yeah, but... is going to do. 50,000 missing truck drivers. What they're going to do is they're not going to replace the truck drivers. They're going to replace the trucks. They're just going to replace the trucks. They're just going to replace the trucks. Yeah. It's going to be cheaper in the long run to do that. Not only that, but in the end, the trucks yeah. will all be programmed to never have accidents. The question is, who's yep. going to load and unload them and do all that? They'll figure all that out because there's there's well, billions the of dollars. The theory is, is that if you if you get if you get everyone not driving themselves on particular streets, you could theoretically have bumper to bumper traffic going 80, 90, 100 miles an hour because the car can make those decisions way faster than you can. Right. And, you know, you could be inches by cars and trucks and whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's. Like they're they're if if that's the case. Yes, know. I agree, darling. Yeah. Truckers are screaming about automation. Um, it's it's yep. a sad it's a sad state of affairs, but that they are being automated out. Um, <laughs> and and you can see Tesla yep. and a couple of companies are working on driverless eighteen wheelers. Yeah, that, that will be fully programmed and will be probably safer than the actual and I, I i you know the drivers will hate will hate for me to say that and i i kind of hate to say that at the same time but the removal of human error always 
Sure. I mean, I think it was Stephen Hawking in a Reddit yeah. thread one time was asked about what he thought about automation and and AI and stuff like that. And, you know, he said, well, we've been increasing production for years now in, in a similar case, right, with technology. Mm -hmm. And it just it's about those things are making profit for someone and no one is seeing it, you know. So you have to, like, reallocate all those, you know, profits to actually help people, you know, and eventually you get to the point of enough automation that no one's having to do basic jobs, you know, you could theoretically give people quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. Cabinet reshuffle was intended to be relaunched the post-COVID era. Uh, yeah, this is, that ain't, that ain't good. No, that's no good. Um, but uh, more truck drivers. Yeah. Two thousand Star Trek truck drivers striking over pay and job security in Australia. And I think we covered the Australian truck truck drivers last week. This was on September thirtieth. Around two thousand truck drivers. Oh, hang on. Let me let me do my little for our friend Warren. Thank you. Back to here. Okay. <clears throat> 2,000 truck drivers at Star Trek, a parcel freight and logistics company owned by the Australia Post, held a 24-hour national yep. strike. This is, this is, you know, announced, but look, we're not going to hamstring the company indefinitely. But we're going to show you that we can shut down your operations and that we're willing to do it for a day, for however much time. It, the first time it will be 24 hours. Here you go. Around 4,000 toll drivers did that on August 27th for 24 hours. 3,000 workers at FedEx yeah. struck at uh, for 24 hours last Thursday. This is what they're doing in Australia. Okay. And what they want is a wage, wage increase greater than the company's current offer of 3% per annum. Uh, the union has not publicly specified what figure it's demanding, meaning that anything above 3% will likely be touted as a victory, even if, falls, even if it falls short of the recently announced official CPI increase of 3.8%. Okay, so again, there's... Mounting anger throughout the industry, these major transport companies are increasingly employing workers on short-term contracts, effectively creating a two-tier system to undermine the conditions of full-time drivers. This includes changes to shifts, allocation of work to casuals and contractors, rather than giving overtime hours to full-time workers. Despite the common grievances of workers throughout the transport industry, the, the Transport Workers Union has isolated the strikes uh, to one company at a time, minimizing disruption to the supply chain. Although more than a month has passed since the toll strike and none of the issues have been resolved, the union has barely mentioned the company's name and it's presented no plan for further action at toll, which is disappointing. Speaking outside Star Trek's Minchinbury Western Sydney facility on September 23rd, the National Secretary Michael Kane. That's kind of funny. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Blew the bloody doors off. All right. Claim um, that these attacks on workers' conditions were the result of Australia's major trucking companies coming under incredible commercial pressure from international companies, competitors such as Amazon Flex, which is garbage. Yep. 
Kane was careful to reassure management. Kane impression. Right? No, I'm, I, I I can't. Kane I, said, I I can't. Always in all agreements. <laughs> Just completely make it terrible, cocky. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sensors being installed on the road using government money for, uh, yeah, that's a, a good point about the Hawking threat. Exactly. Uh, sensors being installed on the yep. roads. Yeah. I, I did hear something about that, uh, for automated trucking and, and just for the car, you know, driverless cars also, um, to better, yep. you know, to, to prevent more accidents. Uh, I've got accident sensors. I actually almost hit a cop today on my uh, i was taking my kids out to uh to a festival and um i had like the beep beep, beep Almost, sensor dude, those are like, we were we weren't even close those to are it like really 500 points we weren't even close to oh it, it would have been way more than 500 points but we we weren't <laughs> even really close to them but it was already beeping off uh right so, uh, i had the sensors going crazy I was like, and the kids were like oh what's that I'm like you were gonna hit the i wasn't even close to it what are you talking just about imminent death kids yeah, just <laughs> we weren't even close. Uh, Come on. So last month, CEPU rammed through another sellout EA at AP, which offered a meager three yeah. percent per annum wage wage raise, really a pay cut in view of inflation, and the fact that workers did not receive a pay raise at all in 2020 and committed to workers to to ongoing restructuring. Again, these guys they worked all the, the all through 2020. Okay. Um, essential well, Australian, workers. Australian truckers are like one of the hardest working truckers out there. Calling they're kangaroo trains of goods. Yeah. Well, yep. they're they're also traveling. You know, most of Australia is still not. You know, it's just like a an interstate through well, the middle of you know the bush. Like, well, wait a minute. You see so... that you see the cops are actually like tackling people and making them put on masks in the streets in Australia. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, but that's in like well. Melbourne. That, Again, all the population is right on the coast, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know truckers are having to like across the, the essentially the island, uh, and and they're bringing trains. It's like there's there's track there's like trucks pull like big long trains of like uh, containers, right? So you'll like have one truck driver pulling like ten, you know, because it's like it's only going to be trucks on that road, you know. So it's crazy. Like if you ever go look up YouTube, like watch. Watch passing a truck in Australia videos. You know they're just, just like for miles. You know, but, but yeah, tough, tough gig for them. So one more about workers fighting oh. back and workers, workers not putting up with it anymore. And this is a little closer to home, Buffalo, New York. More than two thousand nurses and other healthcare workers are on strike at a hospital. Okay, and they're fighting for better wages, staffing, and working conditions at Mercy Hospital. Yeah. Okay, they describe horrific conditions. Patients' rooms, hallways, cafeterias, even medical equipment are filthy because they refuse to hire enough workers. Yep. Okay, very dirty, very low staff. Morale is terrible. Culture is terrible. Yeesh. It's almost like it shouldn't be privatized. Almost. Like that might be the case. Yeah, here. If someone dies, I have I should be able to spend time with their family. Instead, I have to run out of the room and hope that my other patients are still alive or breathing and stable. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to the ICU. You know, and uh, 
Environmental service workers say they're paid less than $14 an hour. Nurse serving nurse staffing levels is also a major issue. One nurse said that instead of having 11 nurses and five aides for a 40 care patient unit, they often only have five nurses and two aides. They're on half half coverage. Is it a bit? No, the Nabisco strike was settled, Eric. Yeah, um, they, yeah they settled. They got they got like slightly better, stuff, but like, it wasn't but it wasn't yeah. anything close to what they actually wanted. And of course, the WSWS would call that a sellout contract. It got them something, but got yep. them back to work. Most importantly, and allowed me to still eat my my strawberry Newtons going forward because I did boycott yeah. all my Nabisco stuff while I was while they were on strike. <laughs> Nabisco. Um, another nurse said that there are three, there, there are times when her coworkers are in tears due to stress and inability, given massive levels of overwork pro due to pro to properly care. Oh, it's just, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. All the Catholic healthcare workers union communication workers of America, local 1333 held negotiations throughout the night. Hospital said in a statement, it offered a contract with a 3% raise in the first year, 2% each year after that well below the current rate of inflation of 5% here. Right? Exactly. Rich crackers. Yeah, no. That must be a rich. That must be a rich. That's my, brand that's my, loyalist. Jim. That's my Eddie Murphy impression. Um, what, so, you can't drink Mr. Pibb? God. No. I, I, I can't drink Mr. Uh, Pibb. This segment brought to you by water. Sponsor for yes. the water. Oh, and 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 very, an very unofficial and an, and an unpaid uh, supporter of the show, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts if you ever wanted to sponsor a show, I am drinking your French vanilla yes. every single show. I promise. He will um, take. He will take your new and improved coffee IVs. Um. Oh. Job posts you are know. showing the, the firm is paying as much as $150 an hour for RNs who will cross the picket line. And what do RNs get paid? They don't get paid $150 an hour, but they know that it's temporary. And they know they're hiring scabs. And they know that they have to, you know, that these yeah. people, in order to really do that, it's like, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? I work Just... a five-hour shift, and I'm, make, I'm making 750 bucks. Well, I mean, they got bills to pay. I mean, it's... it's how much solidarity can you do? And 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 hopefully it's full solidarity. It doesn't matter how much, but I can't I can't stand in their shoes and make that decision for them. And everybody's got to make their own choices. Um, I stand with these nurses. I stand with these striking workers. I stand all with 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 all the workers to get better conditions. Dirty dirty conditions. Dirty hospitals. Half staffed nursing uh, nursing floors. All told, the industry made $1.85 trillion in revenue, right? With with profit margins over 8%. <clears throat> right? Conditions have only gotten worse throughout the pandemic. All right? The WHO reports at least 115,000 workers have died, right, from Jeez. COVID. In the U.S., a Kaiser yeah. Health study found that 3,600 healthcare workers had died in the seven months since March. Nurses making up 32% of the casualties. Well, they're most at risk with exposure. Again, long article. Highly encourage you to read it, to sign up for email alerts, 
from WSWS.org. It's at the bottom of every art at the every, bottom of every article, and when you go to the website as well. I've only got a yep. couple of other ones. Um, this this one. Quick, this one. Quick cliff notes. Yeah, this this one's going to be quick, but this is going to be. Um, also, theater, theater is, got me through a lot of college classes. Theater playing out as predicted. So Joe says the quiet part out loud. And what do we mean? Um, Manchin admits yep. getting his bill passed and then tanking the progressive plan package was always the plan. Thank God the CPC is holding the line. Otherwise, we'd be toast on climate, climate child care, housing, prescription drugs, and everything else. I wonder if the parliamentarian is going to be able to do anything about this. Oh, we don't even need um, the parliamentarian. We've got Joe Manchin. We got Kristen Cinema. <laughs> we don't even have to get to them. Yeah, they're Cinema. I saw a picture of Cinema in the Oval Office today with uh with old Joe. That's the so, backstop. I'm sure that meeting went well. Again, highly recommend everybody read Kenny Stansel. He's also on the All Star Team at Common Dreams. Love this website. Love these people. Support their work. Donate to them. They have a donate button down here. Give. And that'll bring up a box where you can donate if you have anything. And a couple extra bucks to throw these guys. Please do. Uh, big fan of their work. So, again, uh, that was our quick little thing about Joe Manchin. Everybody knew he was going to do it. But now he said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. The other article that I thought that was really interesting that I really wanted everybody to, to, to check out while... At least after we're done. Why do I keep doing that now? Hitting the wrong box. Ah, that's why. Because I scrolled uh, up. Okay. School board disruptions. Unicorn riot. You know, we've been doing this show for six weeks already. And I hadn't done a unicorn riot yep. story. And unicorn riot yep. is another one of these like independent them. field research organizations. They do excellent work. Yeah, they, 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 got their big, they got their big push during the, uh, the George Floyd... Yep. Protest over in Minneapolis. Yep. And they've been covering um, line right three. In that. They cover line three. Yep. They are Minnesota based. Um, now, yep, what they're, they're talking groups. about here is that conservative dark money is fueling this escalation of disruptions at school board meetings across the country. Yeah, Eric. Mansion is a tool. It's exactly right, which is why I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. But I did want to mention that um, he's doing pretty much exactly what we expected him to do, which was to get his part passed and then try to tank and torpedo the rest of it. So, yep. this again is a proven model. And they're, they're looking at the conservative luminaries, you know, Ralph Reed and, and Pat Robertson. And I'm thinking back, this reminds me of like the Tea Party stuff from 20, 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, that saw the Tea Party coming. Okay. Um, again, following the money. Who? Where is it coming from? Council for National Policy, one of the most active and powerful nonprofits in the country. Okay. Um, and who is, who's funding that? Tim LaHaye. So, again, these are Richard DeVos, mm. Dick, Dick DeVos. That's that's Betsy's the dad. Boss. Yeah. Okay. You know these names. I don't know if that's Betsy's daddy or her brother. Oh, from Close former enough. CNP to Elsa Prince. Hmm. Elsa 
Prince, mean wife of Eric. Yep. To Family yep. Research Council President Tony Perkins. These are scary people. Here, the Prince Family Foundation still actively works with CNP to this day and donate over 15000 to the organization. Again, these guys do excellent, excellent work. Highly recommend yeah. looking up this article. Very long, in-depth, talking about the Proud Boys, talking about right-wing infiltration. And again, and, non-profit And go sub to their media. YouTube channel, too. Subscribe to their yeah. YouTube channel. <clears throat> Subscribe to their email list. Yep. No ads or paywalls. Viewer supported. Big fan of Unicorn yep. Riot. Want to shout them the right out. Places. Uh, I think there's a guy For by sure. the name of Nico Nico Georgiatis there that I that I pick up his articles pretty frequently in the newsletter. Um, yeah. So again, big shout out to those guys. Support this independent media organization as well. Um, okay, 145. Okay, we've got. Here we go. 15 minutes. No, not even because we've got one more segment and it is, and you're going to like this one. Yep. It's Caitlin's Corner. The Apaka Whips. It's Caitlin's Corner. Corner. Caitlin Johnstone. Let's blow this up. Yeah, and, Carol, and of course. They're, they're super good. They're, they're great. Of course, you can listen to the article, and Tony's reading is just incredible. I love it. I, I love listening to this. But just, he he's so he, he's so smooth with his delivery, and he just, like, he lets out this big breath. He's, oh, dear God, please let this be the peak of Jimmy Dore derangement syndrome. I love it. So, of course, JDDS. for those who did not Nomiki. see the, the Nomiki tweet, the door derangements. Oh, I'm sorry, Darlene. I know you're not a you're not a Jimmy Dore fan, but this is this is door derangement syndrome taken to the next level. And Caitlin Johnstone, yeah. the wonderful Caitlin Johnstone, shit lives literally think that Jimmy Dore is causing the apocalypse. I freaking love it. I absolutely adore her. She's so good. And why? Because somebody oh. like Namiki Konst, a former TYTer, somebody who I embarrassingly used to stand quite a bit and was a big fan of, used to share all her stuff. She used to be included in Progressive News Daily. And early on, after we flipped to Independent Left News, uh, she was included almost on a daily basis. Her segments were regularly in there. And then we started to notice a shift. And then she attacked Katie Halper ambushed her about the whole Josh Fox thing and then we saw everything that we've seen since then so Nomiki oh boy oh dear god please let this be the peak of Jimmy Dore derangement syndrome Nomiki Kant has a tweet out that honestly needs it its own be. article to unpack not because of its intrinsic <laughs> insanity, but because of what it says about what's happening to left-wing punditry and the Western left in general. And that tweet reads as follows. The fact that they think, yeah, the fact that they think, like, Mansion, Cinema, Biden, and Door all have the same level of power is insane. Yes. Like, One of who, these things is not like the others. A padded room for Nomiki? I love that she put the, the Sesame like, Street. Oh, Nomiki. Yes, she yeah. literally believes that comedian and left-wing YouTube personality Jimmy Dore is causing the end of the world in the same way Big Oil, the military-industrial complex, 
then the most powerful elected officials of the most powerful government on earth are causing the end of the world. That's what her husband does it like. He's just like completely flat, completely dry, but but still got a little bit in there. And it's oh, I, I adore I, I adore yeah. the both of them. Just brilliant. This was not a joke, nor was yeah. it some ill-conceived tweet made in a drunken haze or a momentary lapse in judgment and quickly regretted. Hours later, she was no, adamantly she arguing with people who criticized. Well, wait a minute. Let's start with the fact that. Wait, OK, this is the second tweet. Do you remember the original tweet? She did um, not include the Koch brothers, I, Christian Coalition, Big Oil. It was just Mansion, Cinema, oh, Biden, and Door. She added, oh, and again, I yeah. I believe that Caitlin actually adds this in as the original one. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if she screen caps the original one. I mean, my God, the absolute patchet hysteria that's consumed progressive punditry about Jimmy Door. Hit what looked like fever pitch intensity some three months ago when Dora stepped forward to defend Aaron Mate, right? In TYT, paid by dictators oh, for the work, works for the Kremlin, right? So, causing an absolutely freakish meltdown, which got so insane that even Glenn Greenwald did a full segment on it. And yet, somehow, it keeps getting crazier. Yeah. While there is no manip- manipulativeness that I would put past a TYT alum like Kant, I don't actually think she was being manipulative. In the world's deg- in her inclusion, I think Dor actually consumes that much oxygen in her mind, and her obsessive hatred is validated so thoroughly and continuously by her peers in progressive U.S. punditry that she actually does see him as a central gargantuan figure in the global power dynamics that are leading to hum- that are leading human human civilization to its collapse. <laughs> oh, I love it! Here, here's the Orf video. Matt Orphan here. Jimmy Dore, Jimmy, Jimmy, Dore, Jimmy 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 Dore. If you haven't seen this video, my God, watch it. I'm not going to play because it it's just, I, I can't hear him say Jimmy Dore one more time. And Jimmy Dore, and Jimmy Dore. And if anyone wants to remix that video, feel free to. Man, I um, think he did remix. I think that whole thing is a remix. <laughs> if you sincerely no. believe, as I do, that our species is being driven to its doom by ecocidal capitalism and omnicidal imperialism, and that this is the single most important subject in the world, then there's no legitimate reason for you to be spending this period in history obsessing over a comedian making YouTube videos in his garage. How is this not completely obvious? Well, to we everyone? know what. We know what Jimmy Dore's next tour name will be. It will be the end of the world tour. No, you it, know? it will You're, be. He's definitely not. It will be the tweaking shit like, lips tour. Jank will give her yeah, a warm TYT I mean, blanket. She doesn't need it. She's hanging out with Sam Cedar and, and Emma now. And, and they got their got, their Peacock contracts, the Comcast deals. Yeah. Everybody's got their opinions about Door. He's loud and blunt and unapologetically goes against the grain of the leftist commentariat whenever he feels like it. And oh, that will lead to people having strong opinions about you. I personally love that shit. Yeah. But this ability to set yeah, disagreements with Jimmy Dore aside is a distant background uh, issue in the face of humanity's current plight is entirely because garden variety egotism has caused these people to lose sight of what made them care about leftist causes in the first place. And this really isn't about door yep. and it isn't about cons. It's about the tremendous amount of success the powerful have had in manipulating, sabotaging, undermining, fragmenting, and diverting the left in the global north to keep us all turning the gears of capitalism and empire 
for their benefit. Oh, so wordsmith. Absolute wordsmith. Again, here we go. Yep. Replacing capitalism and imperialism with equality, justice, peace, and harmony is what our world needs if our species is to survive into the future. But the agenda to make, to make that transition sets us directly at odds with the largest power structures in the history of civilization. For this reason, there's yep. been a, ge a generations-long campaign of psychos, of oh, psyops, psychos, psyops infiltration and propaganda to keep the left down, which surely continues this day in online circles like Discord servers, misanthropic and out of coffee. Not saying anything like that. What? But what? But even huh? if it didn't, like what? the even if it didn't, the chaos, paranoia, and confusion created over the left, on the left over the years by programs like COINTELPRO would be enough to significantly hinder our efforts to organize and overturn the status quo. Something big is going to have me... to change if we're going to win this thing. And I that just change... want to remind our NSA CIA handler, Larry. Jeff. Oh, I thought it was Jeff today. Everything's cool. Oh, well, no, no. Jeff I is, mean, is Luigi. I mean, we got a couple... Yeah, yep. Jeff is yeah no our our NSA handler Larry. Oh, I thought he was know, chatting with us. He, he's he's keeping it down. But um, not until we know. as a collective have enough inner clarity not to get bogged down by ego manipulation will we be able to stand up to our oppressors at our full height and shrug off the shackles they have placed on us. Support the wonderful Caitlin Johnstone, and you can bet there are a few comments. 63 comments and everybody has an opinion about jimmy door personally yep. big usually fan. I, all my all my homies hate opinions <laughs> mine are way better yeah um, all righty then so all righty then capture you? no that's not a it watching my screen no just the two of us watching brief screen just hey there i am the up there of us. <sighs> yep, I get, I get, I, I me, right. it's big. I big. It's big reef world. time. I control this, this space. This is my space. It's reef I time. I am Tom. It is reef time. Let me pull up. And let's watch the, some boats uh, crashing into other boats. We need some. Uh, this spot, this segment is probably uh, our new sponsor, Matrix Bars. Reach out. Bones! Somebody's here on Twitch. Yay! <clears throat> Welcome, Bones. Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. So let me pull up. Okay. Um, I have Who's to that bring other emoji with the Hinkle thing? Browser. Hinkle. Hinkle eight. Yeah, we're done. We're done talking right. about. We're done talking about Jimmy Dore. We're done talking about news articles. Now we're going to see some boats crashing into other boats and just chill out and laugh for a little bit. React time. What what happened? Where'd Reef go? Ah! I have no sound. Wait, what? Be right back. Did I lose you? Hello?
Oh. Uh, really? Hello? Uh oh. I think Reef 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 crashed the boat into another boat. Whoa. Where where is Reef? Where's the Reef? You hear me, but not Reef. I don't even see Reef now. Yes, I hear me, but not Reef. What, did Discord do something? What just happened? Wait, he's messaging me. My thing is light up. It's on your end. What did I do? I don't see Reef. What happened? Did I close it? Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties at the moment. Yes, he crashed into Joe Manchin's yacht. Exactly. Okay, so hold on. This is crazy. So let me go back in here. I'll be right back. Are you there now? I do not hear Reef. What happened? Streamer mode? Wait, RTC connecting. Something's wrong. It's still not connecting into the recording room. This is really weird. It is still... I think my internet might have gone out. No? I think we're having a Discord problem. I think that's what's happening right now. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, loving the Halloween stuff. Uh, I love the Halloween stuff, too. It was a lot of fun to make, and Reef was very helpful. He thinks he's talking. I can't hear him either. Nobody can hear you on my end. Um, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to kill the uh, boats crashing in other boats tonight. Ooh. Ooh, I still don't hear Reef, and I don't know how to fix this. There's Reef. There. I don't see it. Discord status. All systems operational. Well, according to this, this chat room. Oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah, it says. I have, I have, a, I have a boosted server. Reef says in DM that he can hear you. What? My computer is freezing. Hey, Case! Welcome, man. Well, I'm I'm so sorry that I, I can't show you Reef. Uh, I can show you me. Here I am. Hi, everybody. Um, I don't know what's going on with Reef's computer or with my... Discord, it just says RTC connecting, so I am unable to get him back into the stream right now. So being that we're at two hours now, and I really appreciate everybody popping into the stream. Um, we did want to, I did want to see some boats crashing into other boats, but for some reason, my Discord is just killing it. 
All right, everyone. Well, have a great night, everybody. Thank you for being here, Valerie, Darlene, Case, Luigi, Bones. Everybody's here hanging out. Wait, is Reef coming back? Do I see and hear Reef? Is there a Reef? No, I still says it's just an RTC connecting. Locked and loaded. Discord has. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Discord is frozen. I'm having big problems with Discord right now. I'm giving up. Yep, I'm pulling it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. I'm ending this. This was How Did We Miss That? So before I sign off, I just wanted to say, um, again, thank you again. Like, share, subscribe. Sign up for independentleft.news. Sign up for free emails twice a day from leftist.today. Join the Discord, independentleft.gg. Find all of our links at independentleft.media. You can also subscribe now. This show will be in audio format, in podcast form, on uh, anchor.fm slash independentleftnews. So you can go there and get this on your, in your favorite podcast app. So again, I really appreciate everybody being here tonight. And uh, we'll cut these up into segments. We'll have some segments throughout the week also for everyone. And you'll see them included in leftist.today. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at indleftnews and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, subscribe via email on the independentleft.news website. Join our Jetstream 24-7 News and Opinion Discord at independentleft.gg with more than 50 channels, each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.